Hey, 6 p.m. So good to be with you tonight. I'm so excited for what God's going to do tonight. And uh, let's pray together before we jump into God's Word. Lord, thank You. Thank You so much, Lord, that You are with us here tonight, Lord. And thank You that Your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that, that as we look at Your Word, Lord, that You would just open up our eyes to, to hear what You're saying to us, open up our ears. And uh, Lord, we just pray that You would shine a light onto our path. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that You would lead us closer to You tonight. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can go ahead and grab your seats. Awesome. Are you guys excited for the, for the five by five, for the fast this week? Um, it's going to be amazing. And uh, every night from 7 to 8 p.m., we're going to be having praise and worship here at the church. We're going to be praying together, pressing into God, getting into His presence. There's childcare so that everyone can, can come and be a part of prayer and fasting this week. Uh, but, a, but a bunch of us just came back from a Zambia missions trip, as you heard, and it was absolutely incredible. But I just want to say, crazy things happen on missions trips. And um, one of those things, you know, this one day I was sitting in my tent, and I just, I heard this commotion, and um, I was just kind of sitting there, and what it was, was a, was a, a mini tornado. Now, it's hard to explain because we don't get them here in Cape Town. But in, but in Zambia, and especially the western province of Zambia, you get these like mini tornadoes and they pick up everything in their path and they just dump it down somewhere else. And so I'm sitting in my tent, I can hear, I can hear the rustling of the leaves, I can hear somebody screaming and I'm like, I know what's happening. So I'm like trying to hold everything down. I'm sitting on my mattress, it picks up my tent. I, I, think, I think I might have, may have flown through the air, picks up my mattress and dumps everything upside down on top of me. So I'm like covered there and I can just hear people coming around. I can hear people's voices. Ah, oh, shame, man. James's tent got trashed. They don't know that I'm actually inside the tent. <laughs> and so I can, I can hear people are coming to help me and I'm like, all I can think is just where are all my underpants? <laughs> because this is going to be really embarrassing. Um, but just to say, guys, crazy things happen on missions trips and you should really go. You, never, you don't know what God is going to do in your life. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But also just to say, you know, when we think about missions trips, we think about these like, these, these like hardcore guys who go out and they, and they just rough it for Jesus. But I just wanted, want you to know, we actually ate so well on this missions trip. Like we had pup each night. We had, we had steak. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And now uh, we actually need to fast. So we... <laughs> So we need to lose some of those kgs, but, but yeah, seriously, guys, fasting is going to be amazing. It's a great opportunity to, to really get into God's presence. And, and, you know, it's a great opportunity to spend time with God and just to, to push into His presence. Let Him speak to us. Let Him guide us. Let Him, let him put us back on the right path if we've gone off the track. And I, I really believe that this is a time that God can mobilize us as a church for the next season. And so I just can't encourage you enough to, to make the most of prayer and fasting this week. Well, tonight as we get into God's Word, um, I want to look at the, the life of an incredible man called Peter. 
And uh, Peter prioritized God's presence. And tonight I pray that you would be encouraged to prioritize being in God's presence. And so Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was a, he was a young fisherman when Jesus met him. And maybe you guys know some fishermen. Um, they had to be very hard workers. They were willing to go out all night and work as long as it takes to bring in the catch. And then they had to sell their fish in a town where there were other fishermen who were also selling their fish. So they would go into the marketplace. It was competitive. They had to be aggressive. Fishermen were, were a bit rough around the edges. Uh, they were a little bit dirty, smelt like fish. And they were, they were probably looked down upon by many, especially by the Pharisees. And so Peter's name was actually Simon, which means reed. And a reed is something that, that is, is very weak. It's, it sways in the wind. It can easily be broken. And that's kind of what Peter was like. He was, he was easily swayed and influenced by others. Um, he, in a moment, he could just be broken. You know, he, was, he would react. He was impulsive. He led by his emotions. Simon was, was weak. He, he was a reed. But when Jesus met him, Jesus called him Peter, which means rock. And that means strong and dependable. And Jesus was saying that Peter will become a strong person and he will be someone that, that, that he can build his church on. He will be a source of strength to others. How awesome is that? I can imagine how Peter felt, you know, when, when Jesus called him the rock, you know, the rock. Like, he was like, sure, guys. Jesus just called me a rock, like strong, you know, I'm important. I'm going to be part of like important part of Jesus' work. But when we look at Peter's life, we know he wasn't always the rock he was supposed to be, right? And so let's look at Luke chapter 5, where we, where we see how Jesus calls Peter. And the, the scene is Jesus is preaching on the Sea of Galilee and, and there's, there's um, I think the, the verses can hold off just for a bit. He's preaching and crowds come around him. They all want to hear and there's so, there's so many people. So what Jesus does is he actually steps into a boat and he uses the boat as a pulpit. And the boat actually belonged to Simon Peter. Peter was washing his, his nets and then Jesus asks him to push him out a little bit from shore. And, and, and you can see already that, that Jesus is involved with, uh, Peter is involved with Jesus. He's serving Jesus. And then after Jesus has finished teaching, he turns to Peter and he, and he says, let's, let's go where the water is deeper. And I want you to throw out your nets again for a catch of fish. And Peter's a bit reluctant, you know, he's like, sure, master, we've, we've been fishing all night. We've caught nothing. But because you say so, We'll, we'll do it. We'll let down the nets again. And they, they go into the deeper water and let down the nets. And, and you probably heard the story. Um, this time, the nets are so full of fish that they actually start to tear. And so they call to the, the, their friends in the other boat, come and help us, come and help us. And, and both boats are so full of fish that they start to sink. And do you know what happens in that moment? Peter, Peter just kind of gets, gets a revelation of what's going on. Like, this is not normal. This is, this is a miracle. And he looks at Jesus and he says, go away from me, Lord. I'm too much of a sinner to be with you. And Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. From today, you're going to fish for people. And Peter gets a glimpse of what, of what Jesus wants to do from he, through his life. 
from today, you're going to fish for people. He has a moment where, where he feels so unworthy. And we might have those moments this week as we go into prayer and fasting where, where we just see God and we, we just look at, you know, we, we just feel like we're not worthy to be in his presence. But just like he spoke to Peter, he speaks to us and says, don't be afraid. Follow me and I will make you into someone who fishes for people. But what Jesus is saying is the potential is huge. You see, the Sea of Galilee was known for huge amounts of fish. There were, there, there were so many fish and the disciples were cleaning their nets. They were packing it up. They had had enough. They were giving up. They were going home. But Jesus is saying there's, there's still so many fish out there. The potential is huge. And we know he wasn't just talking about fish. He's talking about what he wanted to do in the lives of others. And he's saying to us, church, the potential is huge. The, the potential for changed lives is huge. And so Jesus was inviting Peter to come and be transformed in his presence. Uh, Matthew 4 verse 19 uh, says the, the, the same thing. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And so he's calling him into his presence. Come follow me, be in my presence and I will show you how to fish for people. And guys, I want us to know for sure tonight, I want us to know for sure that in God's presence, as we follow Him, we are changed. He makes us into people that He can use. And so it's just important to note here that they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. They left their, their nets, which was their business. They left it behind and they followed Jesus because they couldn't stay where they were and follow Jesus. Like, it's profound, huh? And the same is true for us. When we, when we get into God's presence, there's often gonna be things we have to leave behind. We, we may have to leave behind convenience, uh, comforts, you know, like we, we may have to get up out of bed just a, a, a little bit earlier. Uh, we may have to leave behind a sense of control, you know, like we, we've got our whole schedule worked out, like we know how, how everything's gonna work this week, right? But we might actually have to just give up some of that and say, Lord, we, we want you to be in control. And so we always have to leave something behind to be in his presence. And as we get into his presence, it affects us. Um, I, love, I love reading about Moses and how Moses was, was in the tent of meeting. And he, he was, the Bible says he spoke to, to God like a, like a man speaks to a friend. Actually says God spoke to him like a man speaks to a friend. And people would watch and they'd see the glory of God coming down on the tent and, and, and they, would, they would stand and they would, they would worship. But only Moses had that privilege of being in God's presence. And then he would come out and, and, and it actually said his face would glow so that he, he actually had to put a veil over his face when he spoke to the people. But his face, would, that glow would start to fade. It would start, it, it, he would go back to normal. But in the New Testament, it says that that. The, the glow, it doesn't fade. God's presence doesn't fade. It's, it's ever increasing. We are being transformed into His likeness. We, we have something even better than Moses had. And so as we come into His presence each day, it changes us, it affects us. So in those days, a lot of people, they would, they would apply to, to follow a Jewish rabbi. Um, so what they would do is they would actually like send in their CVs, that type of thing. 
and the teacher would choose the best of the best to become his disciples. And when you became a disciple, you would follow your rabbi closely. You, you would, wherever he went, you would go. Whatever he ate, you would eat. What you would do what he did. Um, you always had to be in his presence. There was even a saying, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And may, may, you, may you follow him so closely that the dust from his sandals will, will cover you. And that's what it was like with Jesus. That's how, Je- how, how closely Jesus wanted his disciples to follow him. So closely. They had to be in his presence every day. God has called us to be in his presence. Not just following from a distance. You know, it makes me think of our trip to Zambia. We had this, this great idea that we would drive in convoy. Uh, so so we, we had even had walkie-talkies where, you know, you could um, talk to each other, like, how's it going back there? Um, some people did carpool karaoke. But um, it was cool. But then there were certain sections of the road where, where things just got crazy. Uh, maybe trucks would come in between you, cars would pull in, and, and, and the, the convoy would just be ripped apart. And... You would, it, it was always a sign that, that things were not going well when, when we couldn't hear each other. We were out of range. And then it was a red flag. We had to stop. We had to slow down. We had to get back into convoy and, and drive together as a team. And you know what? If you've fallen out of range with God, then, then you need to get back to that place. You need to get back to that place where you're following closely, where you're hearing from Him. And I know for myself, sometimes I get busy. I, I find, and it's not necessarily bad stuff. I'm like doing good stuff, but I'm just, I'm busy. And I realize that I'm actually more like Martha, who was so busy doing all this stuff. And I need to be more like Mary, who, who actually realized that the most important thing was just to sit at Jesus' feet and be in his presence. So every day you have to follow closely. And maybe tonight you realize that it's been a while since you've been in God's presence. But you can choose, like, just like Peter did, to leave everything behind. And you can get out of your boat. You can walk into his presence. And so that's what Peter did. For three years, Peter was following Jesus. He was learning from Jesus, doing what Jesus did, seeing all these awesome miracles, hearing his teaching, just being transformed. And the whole time he's trying to be stronger, you know, he's trying to be the rock that Jesus called him to be. But just before Jesus dies, Peter messes up really badly. You know, Peter's like, he's like, I'm so committed, you know, he says to Jesus, I'll never abandon you, even if I have to die with you. But just a few hours later, Jesus says to him, can, can you guys stay awake and pray with me while I'm in the garden? And what does Peter do? Falls asleep. He wakes up, the guys have come to arrest Jesus, like he's probably half asleep, grabs a sword, cuts off the guy's ear. Then he, he, he goes, he follows Jesus, but, he, but he's, he's so afraid, he says, I don't know him. I've never met this man. He denied Jesus, he messed up. In that moment, he didn't want to, actually didn't want to be in Jesus' presence. He didn't want to be associated with Jesus. It's, it's hard to imagine that we could ever get there, right? But at the end of Peter's life, 
where you can see that he feels like a failure. He feels like I don't have, the, have what it takes to be the person that Jesus wants me to be. And you can imagine what's going through his thoughts, you know? Jesus, you called me to be the rock, but I'm actually a, like a reed, I'm weak. You called me to be strong, but, but I'm not. I'm just a reed, I failed, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. And then something amazing happens. Jesus is risen from the dead. He appears to his disciples and the disciples are excited. But Peter still feels like a failure. And so instead of following Jesus, what does Peter do? We read in, in John chapter 21 that Peter goes fishing. He goes back to his old job. I've messed up. I, I, I can't be a disciple. I'm, let me go back to what I know. Let me go back to fishing. Peter, Jesus is alive. Peter's still a disciple and he's supposed to be following Jesus. He's supposed to be looking for Jesus. But what does he do? He says, let's go fishing. That's what I know. Like, I, like I'm no good at this disciple thing, but, but I can fish. We see that the, that the disciples go with him. They're like, we'll come with you. And that's quite a thought, eh? Our decisions affect others to do the same. It's almost like they're like, okay, Peter's out. Peter's, Peter's kind of given up and he's, he's going fishing now. Let's just go with him. Our decisions to be in God's presence or not to be in God's presence actually affect the lives of those around us. It's not just between me and Jesus. It's far more important than that. You see, we're all leaders. We might not feel like it, but the truth is there's people following you, your family, your friends. It's never just you and Jesus. Um, you know, when I was in Zambia, um, I remember Paul used to tell the story of going to a village and um, what the preacher at the end of his message, he, he, he said, if anybody would like to follow Jesus, you know, put up your hand. And the chief in that village said, we all want to follow Jesus. And the preacher was like, no, no, no. Like, this is a personal decision. If you want, if you personally want to follow Jesus, then you must make a decision. Not everybody, each one of you must make your own decision. And the chief was kind of like annoyed, you know? No, we, we, we're all deciding to follow Jesus. And the, and the preacher was like, it's, it's a decision. Everybody must make their own decision. And the chief went around and he said, what do you decide? You, what do you decide? What do you decide? What do you decide? They all wanna follow Jesus. And, you know, like, like it's quite confusing for, you know, when you think of that. It's like, is that right, you know? It's like, it's a personal decision, but it's a bit, works a bit differently here. But you know what? I think sometimes we can go the other extreme. No, it's just me and Jesus. And we forget that actually your decision affects the people around you. It affects the lives of those around us. If we follow God closely, it influences others positively. Yeah. It's our steps, not our intentions, that determine where we go. You know, we can have the best intentions. We can be like, I wanna get into God's presence. I, like, I want more of God. I just wanna walk so closely with Him. But you know, it's actually our steps that determine where we go. So Peter was like, I wanna, I wanna follow Jesus. That's what I wanna do. I know He's the way, the truth, and the life. But his steps led him to go back to the boat. And we've got to make sure that the steps that we take 
lead us into Jesus' presence. I just want to encourage you guys this week to take steps that lead you into God's presence. Don't just go into this, this week with great intentions, but go into this week taking steps that actually lead you into God's presence. Come to the five by five, but don't just come. Come ready to worship. Come ready to seek God's face. We see that Peter and the others were on the boat the whole night and they caught nothing. And you know, early in the morning while the sun is coming up, we read that they see a man on the shore and he calls out to them, have you caught anything? And they're like, no. I'm sure it was just bouncing off the water. No, no, no. And then he shouts out, throw your nets on the other side of the boat and you'll get some, some, some. And they do that. And while they do that, you, you know what happens, right? Their net is so full of fish, they can't get it out of the water. And then suddenly John, one of the disciples, realizes, and he says, it's the Lord. And Peter, what does Peter do? He doesn't wait for the others. He jumps into the water and he starts swimming to the shore. It's Jesus. They'd seen this miracle before. They'd seen Jesus um, do, you know, uh, do this miracle where they caught so many fish and now Jesus was doing it again. He was saying something to them. So they get to the shore and, and, and Jesus has made this fire. He's, and, and, and he's like, bring some fish. And he cooks them breakfast and they, they, have, they spend time together with Jesus. And then Jesus has this conversation with Peter. But in that moment, I just want you to imagine how awkward it was for Peter. Peter had just denied Jesus. He had just said, I, I don't know this man. And now he had to face Jesus and, and, and you know, kind of face up to what he had done. I heard this story once about three friends who were out on a boat and this epic storm came up with giant waves. And they realized, like, like we, we're actually not going to make it. There's no way our boat can survive these waves. And so they were freaking out. They thought they were going to die. The only hope was they had this little lifeboat. And, and, and they thought, maybe if we get onto this lifeboat, we, we might have a chance. But before they could do that, one of the guys got hit, I think, with, a, with, a, with the, the boom. It kind of hit him on the head. And, he, and he, he was knocked unconscious. And they looked at him and they said, we don't know if he's going to make it. And they made the toughest decision. They said, we have to leave him. We have to leave him. We have to get into the boat now and just, just try and get out of the storm. And by, by some miracle, they made it out of the storm. And they got home and, and they, were, they were sad about their friend, but they were, they were just so grateful to see their families be alive. But what they didn't expect was the other guy also made it out of the storm. And now they had to, they had to, to go and meet up with him. Can you imagine how awkward that was? What do you say in that moment, you know? Like, hey, sorry we left you for dead. Want a hug? <laughs> you know? That just tells you a bit about what Peter felt like. I don't know this man. Left Jesus in his, in, when, when Jesus was about to die. Rejected him. Peter, Peter is, is full of shame. He's full of like a sense of failure. I can't do this. I'm, I'm just a reed. But what does Peter do? Peter, uh, what does Jesus do? Jesus reinstates Peter. He takes time to, to reinstate him and said, I've still got a plan for your life. I'm still going to use you, Peter. And he removes his shame. 
As we read in, in John chapter 21 from verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. So what does Jesus do? He, he, asks, Simon to th- he asks Simon to think about his relationship with Jesus. He, he, he directs him back to his relationship. How is your relationship with me? Do you love me, Peter? And then he, he asks him to commit to, to feeding his sheep. I still want you to be part of my plan. You're gonna, you're gonna feed, you're gonna teach the other disciples what I've taught you. I've still called you, Peter. I want you to commit your life to me. And three times Jesus does this with Peter. He asks him to think about, really think about, how's your relationship with me, Peter? I want you to serve me. Then Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So this is hectic. Jesus is saying to him, Peter, you were there when I was crucified. That's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna die for me too. You denied me, but don't worry. In the future, you're gonna be so strong that you're gonna be willing to die for me. But don't stress about that. Just follow me. Just follow me. And Peter kind of looks to the other disciple and he's like, what about him? You know, is he also gonna die? And and Jesus says, what's that to you? What's that to you? You follow me. And sometimes, you know, we, we can do the same. You know, we look to others. We compare ourselves to others. You know, how am, I, how am I doing? Am I doing better than them? Are they doing better than me? And Jesus says, what, what's that to you? What, what difference, what is it? You know, if I want to do this in their life, I want to do this in your life, what's that to you? You follow me. Don't be distracted by others. You, 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 you follow me. He's saying to us, he gives Peter a picture of, of what he told him at first. You're going to be a fisher of men. And now again, so many fish are caught. And he, he says, I haven't forgotten my plan for your life, Peter. And God does this exactly the same for each one of us tonight. The things he's spoken over your life. He says, I haven't forgotten. I'm still going to do those things. Even if you feel like, you know, things have happened in between and, and maybe you feel like there's a bit of distance between where you are and where you need to be. But Jesus says, I haven't forgotten those things. Just come back into my presence. Keep following me. It's, it's not impossible. I will still achieve those things that I've spoken over your life. I'm gonna do it. Your job is to get into my presence and keep following me. And when we do that, when we get into his presence every day, what happens? We're transformed. As we obey Him, as we, as we commit our lives to serving Him, we get transformed in His presence. As we, as we serve with Jesus, we get transformed by Him. Isaac Newton was a great scientist. He was also a Christian. And he said this, he said, I'm not who I ought to be. I'm not what I wish to be. 
I'm not what I one day will be, but by the grace of God, I'm not who I once was. And I think that's, that's so cool. We can be encouraged. God is working in us. We're not who we once were. He's not yet done. He's got a lot more stuff that He wants to do, but, there's, but we know there's change, there's growth. We're not who we once were. You know, going to Zambia now, um, it was amazing to see the change and development in people. You know, we, we were away for, for more than three and a half years. And one of the guys was this guy called John. And he was, he was like young. I think he was in grade eight when we left. And, and he was serving a kid's church. He played the keyboard not very well. Um, and uh, now when we went back, he's, he's no longer little John. He's huge John. And he's part of the church planting team. And, and you can just see that, that he's been spending time with Jesus. You can see the transformation in his life. It was quite cool. It's like time lapse, you know, like the whole, those time lapse videos. That's what it was like. You know, for them it was slow, like one day at a time, you know, serving Jesus. But for us who, who hadn't seen him in a while, it was like, whoa, look at what God's done in John's life. And you know, that's what God wants to do in our lives. God wants to transform us. He wants to take us from strength to strength. Can I ask you guys to stand? Just as we, as we go into this week, I just want to ask you guys, just like Peter and the other disciples left their nets and they followed Jesus, what do you need to leave behind in order to follow Jesus? What do you need to leave behind to get into His presence? Why don't you just come before God right now? Just ask God, God, show me what it is that I need to leave behind. Maybe it's your comforts. Maybe it's your security, things that you're holding on to. Now I'm trusting in this. Tonight, would you just put that aside and say nothing compares to being with Him. Nothing compares to being with Him. Just hear Jesus say those words to you tonight. Follow me. I will make you into a fisher of men. Follow me. Be, get into my presence. Come with me. God, tonight, we just come before you, Lord. And Lord, we're, we're not satisfied with where we are. We're not satisfied with with our lives at the moment, Lord, we want to get into your presence. Lord, we want to go deeper with you. And Lord, we just, tonight, Lord, we just come before you, Lord God, and we just bring those things before you. We lay them at your feet. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to once again, Lord, help us to get into your presence. Help us to get into your presence, Lord. Help us to hear your voice, just like you spoke to the disciples, just like you called out to them. Throw your nets on the other side. Lord, help us, Lord, to, to hear your voice and obey you this week so that we can once again see the, the, what you see when you look at our lives. Jesus, help us to follow you. Yes, Lord, I just speak over every life tonight, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that you are not finished. You are not done. But you have so many more things that you want to do inside each one of us. Lord, I pray, Lord, for, for areas, Lord, which, which may, we may have allowed to die, Lord. I, Lord, I pray, Lord, that there would be a resurrection life, Lord, that there would be new life breathed into those areas, Lord, as we, as we bring them to You this week, Lord. And we, and we thank You, Lord, that You know the plans that You have for us.
Lord, we just want to say, Lord God, that, Lord, we trust you, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, that your plans will come to pass as we follow you. Lord, this week, Lord, help us, Lord, to lay everything down, not to pick them up again, but Lord, to come into your presence boldly with expectation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Worship your name. Worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for resurrection life. Thank you, Lord, that you that it is never done, Lord. But Lord, you came, you died, Lord, so that so that when we when we uh, walk away from you, Lord, that Lord, we can come back, and that Lord, we can just be redirected by you. Thank you, Lord, for for the vision that you have for for each one of our lives. Lord, to work through us, Lord, not just for ourselves, Lord, but to be a part of catching many people for you, Lord, seeing lives changed. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. I just want to give you an opportunity this evening. If you haven't committed your life to Jesus, maybe you're here tonight and and you haven't actually committed yourself to following Jesus, that is the most important decision you could ever make. The Bible says that those who receive Him, those who believe in His name, He gives the right to become children of God. So that's all you've got to do. You've got to just say, I want to receive Him. I want to receive Jesus into my life. I want to believe in His name. I want to believe that He came to die for me and that He's called me to follow Him. Bible says he, he gives you the right to become His child. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will be with Him. And tonight, I just want to give you that opportunity, if you haven't done this before, to say yes to Jesus, to commit your life to Him, to open the door of your heart. If that's you, I would love to pray with you. Just, just before we close tonight, if that's you, can I, can I ask you just to raise your hand so, so that I can pray for you? Come, let's pray together. Jesus, tonight we, we come to you. Thank you that you died for us. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you call me to follow you. Thank you that you forgive me. Thank you that you make me into a new person. You make me part of your family. Tonight, I commit my life to following you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I thought that was incredible. That was an incredible message. Hey. I was just so blessed by that minister to me. Listen here, James, you preached previously and I thought you preached so well, but tonight that's the best message I've ever. So, do you want to take your seats quickly? Incredible ministry tonight. Just sense of God, just God really just anointing it. Listen here, I get so stoked when I see it. And I know Dieter just, 
preached incredibly this morning as well. So I just want to honor you guys for ministering to this location this morning and this evening. Just incredible ministry. We are so blessed. Hey. Um, this year, this fast season, I think James has really given us so many good keys and for us to pursue God this week. And, and we put this time aside. It's like such an important time for us to, to hunger after God. And for some of you, you're going you're gonna to fast food because you know God's speaking to you about that. And that's what Leanne and I are doing for five days, just liquid. And then we're doing a Daniel for, from Friday to Saturday. Some of you know that it'll be way easier to fast food than to get off your device. And some of you are going to have to let go of that device this week. Put it down. Every time you want to look at that device, you're going to read the Bible. You're going to pray. You're going to worship. But some of you need... So I'm actually doing food and I'm using my device for work, but nothing else. So if I have a work thing or... It, listen, you will see we, we put stuff up, but, but nothing else. I'm, I'm also... I'm, I'm trying to create as much space this week for, for me and God. So I'm actually doing a bit of both. But Because I felt God say, if you want to connect with me, disconnect from things you're gonna yes you're not gonna you're gonna connect with me you're gonna put the phone you're gonna connect with me and so so that's been the big thing i felt god say to me andre and i'm looking forward i'm gonna get to be in his presence i'm gonna get to just spend time with him fall in love with him again over again and yes by his grace he's gonna transform me but i want him more than i just want him to give me stuff and he promises transform me, but but i, I want to fall in love with him at a new, in a new way, just fresh relationship. And so some of you, you might do a Daniel fast, just fruit and veg. Some of you might do a social media fast, device, a full device fast. I encourage you to, yes, do your work in that, but try to drop your device. Uh, some of you uh, might need to do food. Um, some of you might just decide to come to our prayer nights. And, and you're going to walk away from being at home and the comforts of just watching TV, but you're going to come. I always joke, no one will know you're not fasting. Just say, I'm hungry, and people will go there. But, but I, the reason I say that is so that you don't miss out on being in God's presence. And I believe if you, if you come into God's presence, the next fast, you'll actually open up to what the next step is. And, but so if you've done the fast by just coming, you might need to say, God, what's the, what, something I need to disconnect from this week. Remember, even as you disconnect, it's not about just what you disconnect with. It's about connecting with God. It's not just about what you're walking away from. It's about what you're walking towards. Some of you need to come to, to open up your word a bit more, to put a prayer list out this week. Remember, you don't get to tick off answered prayer if you don't write a list. Um, some of you need to come to the prayer night. And, and we're going to end on Sunday nights. And um, our, our, for, for seven days, we, we're putting time into God. And, and we believe, remember, we're more spiritual than we feel. Physical, so we're letting our spiritual man, woman lead. A lot of us, by this time of the year, your flesh is the boss of you. But you're saying, flesh, you're not the boss of me. And I'm, I'm, be, I'm led by the Spirit of God. Okay. So remember, new people, if you'd like to grab your first coffee, as you go out, you'll see the, the, the red banners. Um, and then if you want us to pray for you, we're going to cover our prayer. We're going to pray over the prayer cards this week. So we're going to cover you in prayer. You don't have to write your name down if it's a personal prayer request, but please still write it down. Let us carry you this week. You'll see the cards in the seat coming in front of you or in the front row under the seat. But write out your prayer request. We'll cover you in prayer and, and we'll be with you. And then on Sunday night, we're going to break the fast. 
Um, so we're going to have some, some burgers and burrowbush rolls, and we, we're going to have a, a party. And, and so we're going to break the fast like that. So we'd love you to come out Sunday night. But remember, 7 to 8 every night, there's worship at Malpo's Table View and Camps Bay. And we've got a view kids, a kid zone is available. So you can bring your children, they can be in that session, but spend time with God. Are we going to end of the song or, or what's that praise song? Should we do it? And then and that's it. God bless you guys.